Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of Burned Ambition. I am getting set up. I am Burned Beauty 2018, and please forgive me for being a few moments late. I um, had uh, an illness all week long. So this season, what I wanted to do is um, tell my story because I have gained so many followers uh, recently on Facebook. And I think it's amazing that you guys are following me and I get a lot of questions to tell my story. And in season one of Burned Ambition, what we did was, inter or what I did was interview other survivors to get their stories and learn how they overcame so that we can all learn and overcome ourselves. Because I believe that that's the most important part of sharing our story is helping others with it. So forgive my luck today. Um, I'm just getting over what, I don't know what kind of illness. If you're watching and can't hear me, send me a message or anything. I didn't really have a lot of time to do any time check, but I do want to get started. Um, again, thank you so much for joining me tonight. And I would just like to welcome you to season two of Burned Ambition Layer Cake. And I was a newbie on season one. And I don't think that I properly explained to you what burned ambition means to me. It is a state of mind, and it's something that we can all possess, burns or no burns. So what is it really? It's the amazing amount of determination, energy, and inspiration that I have gained since being burned. And it's, of course, ambition that I didn't have prior to my accident. Um, although I've always been ambitious in my life, this ambition is different, and I can feel the difference. So what are my ambitions? They are to inspire, educate, motivate, and help every person that I can from now until my very last day. Um, they are to get my charity, Burn Beauty Inc., up and running so that burn survivors immediately know who they can contact when they're feeling lost. There are other organizations, but I want to be one of them. And basically, my burned ambition is realizing that I am now walking in my purpose. And you know, in season one, as I said a moment ago, we interviewed all different types of survivors and learned how they overcame by listening to their stories. I want you to know that if you're a survivor, you can do the same. You don't have to podcast. You don't have to be on social media. But if you tell someone your story, it may become the thing they most rely on for their survival, their guide. And I'm, I'm a really strong believer that what happens to us in life is not the challenge that we face. The challenge is figuring out what's next. I believe that we decide what's next by using 
information we've gained from our past experiences, be they good or bad. It's just prior knowledge of how to keep going. It's like when you tell your kids that, you know, you've got more life experience than they do. It's all a layer cake that keeps building upon itself as we grow. Each layer is equally as important as any other layer because it doesn't matter what happened to us. It only matters what we took from it. It only matters what's next. That's how we learn to overcome. And that's why I believe we should all acknowledge our victories, no matter what they are. Um, we know when we have accomplished something and we should never downplay that. Sometimes we'll say, oh, it was nothing. No, it was something, sis, whatever you overcame. And just know that's part of your layer cake and that you've grown from it, whatever it was. Now, with all this being said, <laughs> I think that it's time that I tell my story again. And although I've told it many times in many ways, I think I'm learning that it needs to continue being told because there's new people coming in that don't know the story and it's very hard to find it throughout all of the social media and things. So let's get started. I think it's about time to get started because I know I have a lot of followers out there that are so loyal to me, even though you don't know everything about who I am. And this season of Burned Ambition is for you and it's for all the people who have taken motivation from my story and have continued to inspire me. That's what makes it worth it. And right here is where I'd like to offer my sensitive content and trigger warning. I will be speaking of my burn injuries, treatments, past difficult experiences, and the pain and emotions that I felt throughout. Episode one, let's sit by the fire. So I was focused on my kids, my husband, and, my, and our businesses. And by all accounts, I had a good life. My husband and I renew our vows every five years, and 2018 was the fifth year. So we were very excited that we were going to get to have a big vacation because that's what we would do. Um, sadly, that year, our kids were grown and moved out, and they wouldn't be traveling with us this time, but we were excited all the same. Let's go to France, I said. I've always wanted to see France. Should we go to Paris, my husband asked? No, maybe next time. Let's go to the French Alps. Let's find a way to renew our vows there. Okay, he said, let's do it. It was November 9th, 2018, and we were on Delta Flight 8517 from Atlanta to Paris with a layover and then Flight 8524 from Paris to Geneva, Switzerland. I'll never forget that. We had purposefully flown this route so that we could get as many passport stamps as possible. That's one of my things. <laughs> Definitely one of my favorite things to do. Plus, it was only around an hour by bus from Geneva to Chamonix, and you get to see the beautiful scenery along the way. So the bus led us off in the middle of the square, 
in Chamonix, France was right at our right there. Mont Blanc is towering over. It's a small ski village, and there were very few people there um, because snow is isn't expected at that altitude for about another two weeks at that point. So we have Chamonix almost to ourselves. And most of the shops are open getting ready for the tourist season. So we spent several days, you know, fine dining, shopping, relaxing, having great drinks. And then we decided it was time to venture out and explore some. So our ski instructor, Idilio, he was Italian, Idilio, is coming from Bruel, Servinia, Italy to pick us up and take us back to Italy for ski lessons because they already have snow there. I'm super excited. I never skied before. And I'm picturing myself just racing down the slopes of the Italian Alps in my new cute jet black ski suit, right? You know, the road of the mountain has so many switchbacks and the traffic is moving so fast that I lose my breakfast. Adelio, please pull over. I'm sick. I, I have to hold it for several seconds, but he finally finds a place to pull over and I lose my really gross soft boiled egg that I ate that morning. <laughs> it was so gross, but I am still undeterred. As soon as we get out on the slopes, I realize my mistake. You know, <laughs> skiing is not easy. I was already 45. So the second my skis touched the snow, I fell backwards, bending at the knee, banged my head on the ground. And thank goodness my husband had insisted that I wear the helmet. I really didn't want to wear it because it would mess up my freshly done hair. Um, but I don't think I would have survived. This fall, I hit my head so hard if I had not been wearing that helmet. I was confused. I, I must have been concussed, but, you know, there's a possibility it would have been game over right there. And, you know, I, I um, fell several more times, but, you know, me, I got up more times than I fell. But small children are like racing by me on the bunny slope and there's, you know, their centers of gravity are low to the ground and they're having a great time. And, you know, this is not the powder that you hear about in Colorado. There is nothing soft about the snow. So when Adelio tells me that there is a glacier at the top of this alp, at the top of this mountain, I start to lose my ski ambitions. We went out there, you know, about an hour you know, a glacier, I ask, you know, and he's like, and I'm like, let's go. My husband agrees. And then we ride three more um, lifts to get to the top of this mountain. And as soon as I step out of the last lift, I know that I am as close to what I consider to be heaven as I'm ever going to be on earth. I just love everything about it. You know, we're at the juncture of the French, Italian, and Swiss Alps. We're literally above the clouds. And um, the air is so fresh and crisp. And it's also colder than I've ever been in my whole life. Um, Adelio tells us of a small restaurant around the way where the Sherpas eat and stay warm while they wait for tourists to come. And... 
uh, you know, the tourists didn't want to explore the glacier. I didn't because there were crevasses. So I'm like, oh my gosh, let's go to lunch. So the restaurant is, it's more like a small cabin with extremely icy, dangerous stairs. <laughs> but we get up them in our ski boots. And it's an Italian restaurant, but it's technically in Switzerland. But inside it's warm, it's cozy. There's like real life Sherpas in there. You know, and I feel like I'm in a special place. And that's really good because I would dream of this place many times during my coma and during my recovery. You know, Adilio ordered a bottle of wine. And then he explains that this wine is made with the grapes from his uh, vineyard. And I'm just astounded by that, you know? And then he orders us some pasta and I've never had pasta like this before. And I probably never have pasta like this again. <laughs> the sauce, right? Or the lack of sauce. It, it, anyway, it's amazing. But it was just an afternoon like you see on the Travel Channel. Not an afternoon you'd ever expect to experience in, in your lifetime. And what a glorious day. I explained that, you know, that we, you know, need to go back, but, you know, it's just been the best day of my life. We've got to go back to reality, though. One of the best days of my life, anyway. And, you know, I stood with my husband and Adilio, waiting for the lift to get back. And as I saw it approaching, I took one final big cup of air, I remember, and said, this is as amazing of a day as we've ever had. You know, there's been others, but this is up there. It could only be better if the kids were here. And I just held on to that thought for a moment. And then I said, I can die now. That one gets me. I have to take a minute because I remember standing there saying, I can die now. Because, you know, it's one of those things we say a lot when we're really, really happy. But little did I know, you know, what was coming. You know, as I stood there, you know, just high on life, I, I had no idea what I had just said and maybe what I had just manifested. Because one month later, I would be in a coma with my body broken and burned, third and fourth degree burns on the upper 35% of my body. But my soul was busy looking for my family. I promise you this. I, my soul was trying to understand what was happening why couldn't I find Donald and Shelly and Roddy? It was December 17th, 2018. It had been a long day and I was already sipping on the Pinot Grigio by the time Donald got home. 
that part isn't actually that unusual. <laughs> so my husband loves the outdoors. So the Christmas before, I had bought him a um, um, like a fire pit that also doubled as a grill. And it had like a rotisserie and you could hang a, a Dutch oven on it or you could just grill flat down on it and different levels. I mean, it was, it was really cool. You could get it at the local um, uh, home improvement store. And he loved it as a gift the year before. And he had used it a lot because he always wants to go camping. I don't want to go camping. I did that like before we got married. But when we got married, I was like, nope, no more. <laughs> I'm not going camping. <laughs> He's outdoorsy and that he likes to go camping. I'm outdoorsy and that I like to sit outside and drink Pinot Grigio and smoke cigarettes. <laughs> oh, yeah. He didn't know that. I am from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I smoked cigarettes for 32 years. I started when I was 13, and I stopped on this day that I got burned, December 17th, 2018. And the previous Christmas, um, you know, I had gotten him the, the thing and we had used it just successfully for a year. And, uh, you know, it was nothing that, that I would ever think would harm me. Um, I was inside prepping the meat to put on the grill. Later in the evening, my husband was outside building the fire and he stuck his head in the door and said, you know, let's sit by the fire. I, I finished prepping and headed out and um, we ended up setting for a couple of hours, which was normal for us. My daughter came by uh, to pick up a few things. She had just moved out uh, the month before and she said, Mom, I can hear you laughing all the way from the street. And, you know, that's the last pleasant thing I remember from that night. It is hard to tell our stories, isn't it? I'm going to stop for a minute. It is hard. I um, In season one of Burned Ambition, it was uh, very challenging to get people on to tell their stories. Um, and I knew the reason why, because it is challenging. But right now, I'm telling my story in a different way, um, much more intimately than I've told it before and it is it is really a challenge so i want you to know that we all feel it and the best thing to do is to get it out of you i think that this is going to be a, a another healing journey for me doing season two of this uh, just by myself so you know that that last thought is still in my head right now I can picture my daughter sticking her head out. And mom, I can hear you laughing from the street. And we live up at Giant Hill. And I was laughing so loud, you know. It was a week before Christmas. Why? And we just renewed our vows and, you know, the French house. <laughs> Why not? But my next memories are really muddled. Um, but I know that I went inside and I, and I got to meet. 
because um, we had finished our bottle of wine. And my husband started like transforming the fire pit into the grill. You just take the, you know, put the grate on it and shift the coals so they're the right height, you know, do all that campfire kind of stuff that he likes to do just so I can cook the meat. And I came back out and I reached down to put the meat on the grill. And I immediately felt what even then I knew was the lighter fluid hitting me. And, and I only remember it hitting my hand and my arm. I had this long hair and super long weave in, you know, I was being a diva. I was a realtor at the time. <laughs> and it was almost Christmas, so I had hair just down to my bottom, just weaved in. And, and uh, but I only remember it hitting my hand and my arm. And I, I kind of remember that uh oh moment, like, oh, not good, right? Like, I, like it's only a split second. There's not anything you could have done about it. But you wished that there was, you know, you wished that you could have moved faster than the fire found the fluid because that is what happened. And the wind shifted and the flames just hit me so hard that it just literally, I just remember it like knocked my head back. And I literally went up like a match, or at least that's what I think happened. I don't know for sure. I've never actually asked, but in my mind, the way it felt is that I went up like a match. So there were flames running up my arm and running up my hair and across the back and the wind was blowing it around my face everywhere and I ran. And I ran until I remembered to stop, drop, and roll. And um, I wasn't going out. Why aren't I going out? I kept rolling for what felt like, you know, it feels like an eternity, but it's really only a few seconds. And the flames are getting bigger. They're not extinguishing. And, and so is my terror. It is getting bigger. You know, why, oh my God, why isn't this working? I've been told ever since I was a child that you stop, drop, and roll. I didn't know that it, I didn't know that stop, drop, and roll doesn't work when accelerant is on you. So I stopped rolling and I laid on my stomach and, um, I could smell hair and flesh burning, and I could smell the fire itself. You know the smell of the fire, right? Um, I could smell it all, but I couldn't feel any pain. I only felt heat. 
And that was because the fire was, you know, it was intense with that lighter fluid and a fleece jacket and a song weave, just just a, like the perfect storm. And, you know, I'd already lost, my nerves had already burned off that would have relayed the pain to my brain. And I accepted what I thought to be my fate. And I started to say the Lord's Prayer. My life did not flash before my eyes. I thought about my day. Perfectly normal when I woke up, when I got out of bed that morning. But now it's 9 p.m. and I'm dying on my driveway. But God had other plans. God had other plans. I stopped that prayer and I said, God, is this really how I'm supposed to die? 45 years old and burning alive on my driveway. And I knew that's what I was doing. I'm burning alive. I'm not dying. How long does this take? You know, how, how long does this take? Because at this moment, I don't, I'm not remembering, like, my husband, it's just me, and it's the fire, and it's God. And so I, apparently I was speaking out loud, y'all, and when I said, you know, is this really how I'm supposed to die? Um, God answered me immediately, but he did it through my husband's voice. My husband said, um, I got you, baby. I got you. And I knew it was going to be okay. Or at least I thought it was going to be okay. <laughs> um, he said, I've got you, baby. I've got you. And he was putting me out with his leather jacket because that was the only way to extinguish that kind of flame. And once he got me out, I literally just jumped up off the ground and I ran in the house to look at, of all things, my face. I don't know why. It was like, if my face is okay, then I'm okay. We are that conditioned to our faces, to our beauty standards. You know, it's like my arms, I can roll my sleeves, I can cover this up. And even in these seconds that I've almost lost my life, I just want to go look at my face. And I thought it was okay, because when I looked in the mirror, it was just red. Um, I didn't know that it takes a couple of days for the skin to go necrotic. And for them to have to scrape the skin off because I had third and fourth degree burns. And you know third degree burns means it's very severe. And fourth degree means you've summit the tissue, like around here. So more than skin has been lost. Sometimes bone. I didn't lose bone. But uh, some musculature. So I didn't know that would happen. Um, but... I did know that I was alive and my husband called 911 because I actually thought I was like, well, maybe I was so confused. I was like, well, maybe I should go to the doctor in the morning. I got burned and his face looked horrified. He's like, no, I called 911. 
And it only took two or three minutes for 911 to arrive. But he um, was so impatient that he had already started moving his truck. He couldn't stand it. He was like, get in the car, baby, we're going. And and fortunately to God, I did not. Because you know that's the worst thing you can do. First of all, we you know we drink wine, so you shouldn't do that. I'm not recommending that. And second of all, you need the care of the paramedic immediately to save your life. You know, I was standing up telling them my story and them being, you know, two ambulances, two fire trucks, and a policeman. And they're looking at me horrified with the same look as my husband. And I'm just now realizing that that look was because I was standing up talking and, you know, my clothes are burned and they're hanging off of me and my skin is burned. And I mean, and I don't know any of this. All I looked at was my face that was red. I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm not even decent probably, but they put me in the ambulance and, um, you know, the, the, the paramedic said, let's go now, Tanya, after I talked for a moment and told my story. And um, I laid down on the, on the stretcher and um, he's, the paramedic just started working really furiously, just really fast and furious. And that scared me. Because I had gone from thinking, you know, saying the Lord's Prayer because, you know, I had accepted, I had said to myself, okay, this is how I died. This is how I died. And then started saying the Lord's Prayer. I had accepted it until I heard, I've got you, I've got you. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to live. But when this paramedic started working so frantically, I realized, you know, I'm still in trouble. You know, it was like something from the movies, like cutting your clothes and doing things. And I, was, I asked the paramedic, am I going to die? Um, my husband was not in the ambulance with me. He had to go in another ambulance of his own for the burns up to it uh, from putting me out. So I was alone. And um, he said, no, you're not going to die. And I said, would you tell me that even if you thought I was? And he said, yeah. And then he said the last two words that I remember hearing for two months. And they were push fentanyl. And everything went black. And that is where episode one ends. I hope that you will tune in next week because the miracles are about to happen. Um, Amazing things happened afterwards, and I just, I'm humbled by them every day that I think about it, about being here right now, simply being alive, and being here right now, and not only that, but being given all the things that I've been given, all the tools I've been given to be able to help other burn survivors. That's amazing. So this is a serial podcast. We'll tell, because I'm podcasting alone, I think that 30 minutes is a reasonable time frame instead of an hour to listen to Burn Beauty Talk every Wednesday. But I want to tell my story in those increments and then we'll have a, a live 
question and answer session for an hour at the end, just for people, if you're going through anything and, and you're trying to get to me, um, trying to get in touch with me, um, you know, I can't always answer all the questions on that, especially on my Facebook right now. So listen to the podcast. Um, you can message me during the podcast. There's some messages up now that I'll respond to, but I won't read. But you can, you can message me during it. Thank you all for messaging. And thank you, Cousin Ozzy, for telling me to breathe today. I was very, talking very rapidly and very nervous about doing this today. Even though I've just, I've done this so many times. I, this is, for me, a big reality of coming out. And we're going to tell the story along with all the emotion, not just matter-of-factly. I'm going to really tell y'all everything. So the miracles will start to happen. I guess miracles have already happened in the story so far. But the what I call the miracles <laughs> will start to happen next week. So I hope you'll tune in for another episode at 7 p.m. next Wednesday. And I thank you so much for joining me. And I thank you for your continued support. I don't think you'll ever know exactly how much you mean to me. I am Thorn Beauty 2018. And whatever you're going through, Please remember that this too shall pass. I love you all. If you've messaged me, I'm about to answer you. Bye, and please tune in next week.